It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you in part by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash gear network. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash gear network, G-E-R-E network. While you don't have to do this, if you would like to support us, that is a very easy way to do it. For as little as $2 a month, you can get this podcast as well as all others completely commercial free, as well as exclusive content like Patreon only podcasts, video casts, and blogs that are not regularly available on gearnetwork.com or any RSS feed. Your support helps us continue to keep up with upgrades to software, purchase professional equipment, and assist us with production costs. Again, patreon.com slash gear network. Do it right now for as little as $2 a month. The following is a presentation of the Gear Radio Network. This is Ray and Belcher, and you are listening to the All Bets Are Off podcast with that dude, Robbie Vegas. And remember, it's a beautiful day to be a bad motherfucker. Stay tuned, y'all. All bets are off. What's up, Rockers? This is the rock star Robbie Vegas bringing you another episode of the All Bets Are Off podcast. And today, my guest is Felissa Rose. You may know that name from Sleepaway Camp, uh, one of the most iconic cult classic horror films of the 80s. Came out in 1983. So, of course, we're going to dig into that as well as a bunch of other movies that she's done, some other projects that she works on, and what's coming up next for her. This is a really fun discussion. We're going to get into not only those movies, but of course, uh, she's in the fourth of the Hatchet series, which is one of my favorite series in horror. And and we're going to dig into some music, too. So we're going to check out a little bit of everything. And then after the interview, I want you guys to stick around for a second because my new album, Angels and Demons, is out now on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play, and so much more. So I'm going to play you a clip of uh, one of the songs on that album. And hopefully you guys will go check it out. So stick around and uh, let's get Felissa on the phone. Dear Mom and Dad... I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks, and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba, reverse. Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Turn it! Turn the wheel! 
Hi, Felissa. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for being so patient and, you know, dealing with me and my craziness. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It's not a problem at all. I'm just glad that you took the time to do it. I I really appreciate that. Of course. I appreciate you for taking the time. Well, thank you. So let's just kind of go back to the beginning and tell me how you got started with acting. You know, I think I just always loved performing for people. I can remember being really young and my parents having me sing in front of all my relatives at family functions and barbecues. So I was a little performer from a really young age, though my mom enrolled me in singing and dancing lessons. And then I eventually, by the time I was like, I don't even know, maybe like 10 or 11, I had gotten a professional manager uh, in the local area. And that's when she sent me on. On the first audition that was uh, for a horror movie called Sleepaway Camp. And that's kind of where it all really started, my love uh, for the film industry and no longer musical theater. I always loved musical theater, but now it was like I got hooked on film, having gotten that role and experiencing the being on set. Okay, so how old were you actually when you when you landed that role in Sleepaway Camp? My fr- my audition was in nineteen eighty May of nineteen eighty two, so I was twelve, and then we filmed in September, and I was thirteen when we actually filmed the movie. So um, I was thirteen when we made Sleepaway Camp. Wow. Okay. And of course, you played Angela Baker, and. Um probably one of the most iconic horror movie characters that I could think of. So what was the process like for a 13-year-old of making that film? Well, first of all, thank you so much. That's very kind. Um, I appreciate that. It was really incredible. I mean, it was definitely a magical experience in that you're a kid and you're excited to perform and act and then suddenly you're thrown into this world that's very adult but very exciting because I knew what we were making was fun and special and interesting and definitely shocking. I read the script So I knew exactly what was coming and I wasn't fully prepared because when you actually watch a movie, it's completely different from what you're filming um, because you work on one little scene a few pages a day. Mm -hmm. And so you're laughing in between takes and I felt like I was really at a sleepaway camp with a whole bunch of cool kids uh, like Kathy Kami and John Donne, Tom Vandell, Karen Fields, Chris Collette. They were all my good friends. Johnny Tierston. We had a little romance. Um, Johnny, who played Ricky, was my boyfriend on set. So it was really like living out a teenager's dream. It was like I was a teenager having fun. I was making a movie and I was at a summer camp with a whole bunch of fun people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. So when you watched it back for the first time, did you realize like how iconic it was going to be? Did you realize that you really had something special there? Or was it just kind of shocking for a 13-year-old to see it all put together? Oh, it was definitely shocking. It was so strange and surreal. I remember sitting in the theater. I had my whole eighth grade class with me. And it was definitely a weird experience because I didn't understand what you made on set um, how it would exactly translate onto a screen. So sitting in the theater and seeing the movie in full was really kind of like jolting because you don't expect to see your face up close and it was 35 millimeter and the effects looked so cool. I was really 
taken aback and it was surprising. I remember thinking before we even saw the movie, I wonder if my part was cut at all or if I did well, how I came across. Like, you know, it was a little mind. I was 13, so I really didn't understand what full experience would be like and then seeing that shocking ending was definitely like in my face odd <laughs> and and jarring you know i remember i think i was the last one to leave the theater i was sitting next to my cousin Kristen, who's my best friend in the world and we just looked at each other and i was like did, did we just see what i think we saw the, my first penis is my own penis <laughs> you know <laughs> it was weird Yeah, that's one of the craziest endings in horror movies. And the face that you made, again, one of the most iconic scenes in a movie. So I I can imagine how many people come up to you and ask you to just make that face to this day. It's incredible, and I'm thankful for it. I always say I'll be sad the day no one asks me to make that face. I'm very (laughs) grateful for it. It it keeps me going. It keeps me happy. Right, right. Now, if I have this right, you, you stepped away from acting for a while because you actually attended NYU. Is that correct? Yes, that's so correct. Yes. Was was that always the plan for you? Well, I I really I'm I mean generally my philosophy in life is never plan. So just kind of go with the flow. So I I think from it's so funny because I was just on the phone with my mom uh, for the past hour and we were sort of reminiscing and philosophizing about a lot of things in life, especially being in quarantine. You're kind of reflecting and thinking about your perspective and things that are important in life. And I feel like when I was really young, although I always wanted to perform, I wasn't quite sure in what capacity. And my parents were, were really supportive of anything I wanted. If the dream was to go act, go do it if the dream was to become a business person go do it so my dad had gone to NYU and I that was the only school I wanted so I sort of gave up on like acting professionally because I wasn't quite sure if it was really like lucrative enough for me to you know honestly make a living and 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 have a family and all the good things that I wanted in life so I didn't prepare anything, but I certainly thought going to NYU was a good start. So it was the only school I applied to when I was 16, and I I fortunately got in early admission, and um, hence not doing Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. And I went off, and I did study acting, but I also studied business. So I kind of wanted twofold, like to be involved in anything that, that came to me after graduation. And once I graduated, I did run a business, but I still kind of acted in theater in New York. And then once the internet kind of came about and I saw all of the websites for Sleepaway Camp, I thought, wow, like I'm in love with the genre. People remember Sleepaway Camp. And fortunately, a lot of horror directors started asking me if I wanted to act in some of their projects. And it kind of felt like a perfect fit. Like, oh, I love this genre and I feel so comfortable and I love this craft. And you know, we'll see how it goes. And it it went really well. And then I met my husband on the set of Return to Sleepaway Camp. And uh, then he and I, both being from the East Coast, decided to, he had already moved to California. He purchased a house. And then I came and lived with him. And we have three kids and continued to make music and make movies together. Oh, wow. So horror movies are how you built your family. (laughs) It's because of You know what? I have to be honest with you. I am so thankful to Sleepaway Camp. I honestly have a life because of it. It sounds probably really nutty to say like one cheesy, silly, funny, weird movie from the 80s gave me a whole world, but it is the entire fabric of my life because it gave me a professional career in that all of the movies I do are thankfully in the genre that I love so dearly. And then 
you know, my husband having been like a huge Sleepaway Camp fan, he was in a band called CKY and he put the Angela face on his guitar and on his CD. And then I eventually saw him on an episode of Jackass where he was wearing the Angela face on a t-shirt. <laughs> and that's how we sort of became friends. And then his manager called us in 2003 when we were making Sleepaway Camp and said, hey, can CKY come visit the set? And the band flew out on the red eye. And then like the next day, my husband was like, I love you. I want to marry you. Let's, you know have a family and again flying without a net the typical fashion that i live my life i said sure let's do it and (laughs) so here we are that's awesome that's a great story (laughs) thank you and i mean and since then you've become synonymous with horror movies you've been in tons of them so just off the top of your head what are some of the favorites that you've been in over the years I mean, I truly love them all, and I always say, without sounding like sappy and cheesy, um, they're all like a child of mine. I've had great experiences. I look at each time on set and making a project as a, a learning curve, a learning experience, a way to, you know, become a family with the people you're involved in. You're on such a, a, a fast and furious schedule, and everyone gets really close because your days are long, and usually the elements are insane. So um, the ones that stick out I mean that I just feel grateful for like I mean definitely Victor Crowley because I'm a huge Adam Green fan and I was so thankful to be in Hatchet 4 Victor Crowley um I was thankful to Harrison Smith for giving me a job on Camp Dread because it was certainly like a fun movie that I felt close to um had I play an actress, you know, in a movie, in a series called Summer Camp. So I felt close to that. I have a couple of movies coming out that I'm excited about. Terrifier 2, Scream Test, Big Freaking Rat, Step Daddy, which is a remake of The Stepfather with Vincent Ward in the title role. I don't know. There's so many that I've made that I'm just like, I I love... Rootwood for Jennifer, A Nun's Curse that's coming out. Tommy Faircloth has been a great collaborator of mine. He's a writer-director who I love. So those are just like some that fall into my mind because I've had great experiences with those directors and on those sets. Well, I got to say I love uh, Victor Crowley. I'm a huge fan of the, the Hatchet movies in general, and I really love that one. So I actually wanted to ask you, I'm glad you brought it up, but how did, how did that come about, like that specific role? Well, I love conventions. So horror conventions are like my happy place. If I'm not in my own home, I consider conventions my other home with other families um, because they're always like family reunions, meeting up with friends who I I don't get to see, you know, all the time around the country. Um, And I am such a huge Adam Green fan that I was at a rock and shock like maybe six years ago, five years ago. And Adam Green's table was, was across from me. And I told my girlfriend, Holly, I really love Adam. Like, I want to go over and say hi love his work but I get really fangirly and insecure so I was too afraid to go and she took me on Sunday to introduce us and I said hi Adam I really love your movies oh my gosh thanks for all that you do in the genre and I left and about a month later that was in October in November I received an email from Adam saying that he'd like me to be on his scary sleepover and I Honestly, there are a few times I can recall, but certainly this is one of them where I ran around my house screaming and laughing and just like jumping for joy, literally. And my kids were like, what's up, mom? And I'm like, Adam Green just emailed me. Oh, my gosh. Because I was a fan of Scary Sleepover as well. I love that series. So he said, you know, this is the date and time. Do you think you'd be available? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I would do anything to be on it. So um, I went to the studio, to Scope studio, and we didn't really know each other. So it's kind of like that was our beginning and he said that he has since said that when I went to do the scary sleepover 
I was imitating my New York manager who got me the role in Sleepaway Camp, and she talks like this. And so he thought it was a really funny character that I did, and or I was imitating my mom. I'm always doing New York people like, oh, they all talk like this. So he said when he, at the time he had started writing Hatchet 4, or he had already I don't know what he was in the in the midst of of beginning the hatchet for Victor Crowley script. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And he said that the publicist character sounded very similar. And so he thought that would be a great fit. And then he had me do the Yorkie um, that he asked me rather if I would do the Yorkie charity thon. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I would do anything. I would serve Adam Green coffee. So <laughs> I did the reading for the Goonies and I did Mama Fratelli. And again, it was like that, you know, tough talking character. And then our relationship really thrived. And he invited me over again and said, I have something to ask you. And he asked me if I would play a character in the new hatchet. And I legit started crying and fell to the ground and was like, I can't even believe this is happening. So that was a dream come true. It's it's still a dream. I still can't believe it. And I'm really so lucky that I can call Adam a friend. And, and we have other things happening. And it's just really cool. That's awesome. And that's a, like I said, that's a great, great movie, too. I was so excited when that came out. Um, so I, I was really dying to ask you about that one. But you also said that you're just huge fan of the genre itself. So what are some of your favorite horror films that you haven't been in? I mean, I'm, a, I'm really classic, like old school for sure. Like I started out with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween, all originals, Friday the 13th, The Shining. And then I love Last House on the Left. And as we moot people under the stairs, um, I love some more recent ones, The Strangers, Hostel, Saw, Funny Games, Ma. Uh, I There's so many. It's so hard to really like, you know, <laughs> ever choose one. I mean, those are certainly ones that kind of like are popping into my head, but I could name thousands. I mean, there's always a horror movie playing in my house. You know, I'll run into the living room and my husband has something. We were just watching um, the latest Halloween. We were watching um, Dolls, Silent Madness. We started doing some VHS nights oh, in cool. quarantine. Yeah, so some films have never, you know, gotten onto DVD or Blu-ray. So we've uh, we've been watching classics and old Black Christmas, you know, Phantasm. I watch the Joe Bob Briggs Marathon, so I get to watch all of my favorite films, you know, like everyone else watching Joe Bob Briggs and yep. Darcy. <laughs> It's always exciting. Yeah, I, I love him too. Um, so I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> he, I've become obsessed. I was obsessed with Damien Leone and David Howard Thornton, hence my cameo in Terrifier 2, and obsessed with, you know, Joe Bob Briggs and, you know, made my way onto the show. <laughs> <laughs> so were, were you a fan of horror movies to begin with, or did this happen because of your role in Sleepaway Camp? It was really because of Sleepaway Camp. I, my family was not a horror movie family, nor did we really watch any horror movies. Certainly when I went to sleepovers when I was like 11 and 12, we would watch horror movies and it was like, oh, these are great. This is so fun. But I wasn't like, it wouldn't, 
it would not have been like the genre that I went to until I really sat on the set of Sleepaway Camp and watched Ed French at work and understood the the amazing work that goes into the effects and I felt like when I saw it translate onto the screen, it was mesmerizing for me. And then I really wanted to watch all of the great films. And that's when I really became, you know, a huge fan. And, and as I said, once I married my husband, we, we've watched every and any obscure film and all of the classics and all of the new films. And um, we love going to the theaters to watch. I mean, oh, I'm thinking of Orphan. I love Orphan. I think that's a cool twist. Anything, any slasher, anything gory, anything. I love, I love Home Invasion, The Purge, um, you know. It's, yeah. I just, I love everything. I love all the genres, all the subgenres. Awesome. Okay, so now, aside from horror movies, you also produced a music video for Slayer. How did you end up doing that? That's really because of my husband. I mean, my husband is signed to Nuclear Blast, the record label that also signed Slayer. And they happened to mention, the head of the label was telling my husband that they had just signed Slayer and they were about to embark on a new music video. And so my husband, who said that I should become a producer a few years earlier in buying me a few books off Amazon because I was home like having kids and I'm like what's the next kind of you know extension of this career for me I don't always want I mean I love acting but I'm old and I don't know that I always want to be in front of the digital camera you know it's <laughs> it's not <laughs> forgiving um so he said, well, think about, you know, you're a great mom, like you have all these kids, producing is somewhat like that, putting the pieces together. And so he told the label that I would probably make a really cool like horror movie with the with the video. So they called me in and I sat down and I sort of gave them my pitch that I thought we should make like a little horror movie. And they were like, oh, we'll bring in some directors that you know that could possibly, you know, take on this task. And I brought in like six or seven friends of mine from the genre and um, they went with BJ McDonald and his concept of the prison. And at the time it was the, you know, the song Repentless and we had like two weeks to prepare. It was like crazy. And we called in favors from all our friends like Tony Moran and Derek Mears and Tyler Maine. Vernon Wells, Sean Wallen, like, you know, Danny Trejo, and made this fun video. And fortunately, people liked it, so the label had us do two other videos, and, and you know, now they're the trilogy, and they were really, really fun. And it was great to work with wonderful friends on them, and they, I think they turned out pretty cool. So is that typically the style of music that you enjoy, or was that just kind of a happy accident? Oh, no. I mean, I'm married to a metal musician. So, you know, again, <laughs> I love metal and I always have. But uh, he's definitely opened my eyes to, you know, other bands, perhaps bands I wouldn't even know about. Um, and then I, you know, it's sort of hand in hand. Horror and metal are definitely a cool combination, like peanut butter and jelly for sure. And um I love it more and more now that I listen to it often, but I love all genres of music. I'm not opposed to anything, um, everything from classical to R&B, um, country, pop, rock, everything. I mean, I'm, I'm really, and I try to expose my kids to all of it because, you know, you can, again, it's like any, I love all kinds of genres of movies. I mean, I particularly love horror, but I, I watch all, all types. A film. Okay, awesome. I actually saw CKY a couple of years ago up in Toronto. Really good show. They were they were playing with him, and uh, I did, oh, okay. yeah, I did not realize that um, that that was your husband. So that's very cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He puts on a great show and he he wrote all of the music and he's the guitarist and singer. So the, re- the sound is really him. I mean, he's gone on to create a new band that's out there now that's amazing called 96 Bitter Beings. And um, I was just a fan of his even before I met him because I was listening to CKY and 96 Bitter Beings has the same exact sound. I mean, truly they're like 2.0. You know, they're CKY 2.0. They're definitely just the next extension of CKY. So when you listen to 96 Bitter Beings, you're like, oh, my God, that's CKY. <laughs> and I'm really proud of him because he puts all of his energy and his passion into his music. That's all he cares about. Awesome. Well, I hope our listeners will go check that out, too, then. Yeah, um, check out 96 music. Bitter Beings. I only promote stuff that, like, in my life, I feel like I can only talk about things I love. And I really, like, thank God I love his music or I'd probably be the shittiest wife because I wouldn't talk about it. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, you know. Uh, <laughs> you can only really authentically talk about things you love. So it's cool. Well, so he got you kind of started with uh, producing in the um, the music videos. But do you produce horror movies, too? I do produce horror movies. I've I'm now fortunate that I'm on like number thirty five. Oh my um, god! Wow. Yeah, and um, there, it's just a really um, interesting side to the movie making process. I mean, I've always loved being in front of the camera, but I honestly never knew what truly went behind the veil and it began with people asking me if I could help cast it actually started with Cam Dredd and Harrison Smith said oh who do you think should play you know this character of Julian who's kind of like the maniacal director and I thought hmm I don't know and I was having lunch oddly enough with Corey Feldman and and Scott his manager and Scott and I got really really close and he, I said, you know, who do you have who could play like, you know, kind of opposite me, like a little bit older, like, you know, real character actor. And he's like, well, I represent Eric Roberts. So I introduced the two of them and then Eric became involved and um, it was like, oh, I'll give you a producer credit. And I'm like, what? And then it, it started snowballing like that where people, I knew that I was friendly with a lot of people, crew, and it's just my nature to become, you know, friends with everyone. I think that's the way, you know, that's the fun part of kind of movie making. You become a family, like I said, and then from each film it grew and then it sort of began where it was like, you know what, I like producing. And and then I was sort of um, working for a lot of uh, producers where we would put the whole project together from soup to nuts. And it was, it's a lot of work, but it's the most rewarding and exciting position, definitely. That's awesome. So you're producing, you're acting, you're doing podcasts, you're appearing at conventions. You are one of the busiest people in the horror genre. Um, But, you know, when you go to these conventions, I know you said you love doing them, and you see all of these people there to come and see Angela from Sleepaway Camp from 1983. Like, what goes through your head when when you're like, wow, this character is more popular than ever? I am always blown away. Uh, my heart is always like jumping. I can't contain my excitement when I meet people. It's still like when I hear you ask the question, it's still like is a lightning bolt that hits me when I'm like, wow, that is just a really incredible and I again like always the word gratitude is like blasting through my brain because I'm really honored that anyone ever could ever remember this little movie that we made let alone almost 40 years later where I get to talk to people and it's had 
an impact on some. That's pretty enormous. And because of the social issues that we kind of had, I mean, Robert tackled things that we hadn't seen at that time, you know, so I'm fortunate that it resonates with an audience today. It's, it's pretty spectacular that people remember it. So with all that being said, what, what do you think these fans and, and, uh, I guess they're super fans, really. Uh, what makes it such a beloved movie to them from maybe their childhood or maybe they're just seeing it for the first time, but everybody just seems to gravitate to it immediately? I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think Sleepaway Camp, you know, deals with, like, human nature and in that the, you know, the character at the forefront, Angela, is has a lot of things to deal with at a young age. And I think we all feel, have felt, maybe some of us a little bit like Angela. I know I did. Um, I certainly, my husband was bullied severely and that's what, why he gravitated towards Angela and sleepaway camp. And I think it's a, you know, not saying that you should go out and kill people. Certainly not, but it's certainly a great revenge story in entertainment. It's a movie that you can watch and you can root for the, the kid inside all of us who's been bullied. And, you know, it had great homoerotic undertones and, She's a trans character and, you know, we see her dealing with her gender identification um, and her own sexuality with Paul and um, her dad having a boyfriend. Um, so it's very interesting in, in the breakdown and the deconstruction of what this movie is saying upon watching it maybe a second glance. And then you have the ending that we hadn't seen. Right. So there's a lot of elements, I think, that are thrown in. At first, you might watch it and say, oh, it's a cheesy little camp horror movie with a baseball game thrown in the middle. But there's definitely, like, some elements that are that are poignant and can speak to all of us. And we kind of root for this character. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that about wraps it up for me for my questions for today. <sighs> but if you want to plug any of your social media so people can follow you, um, your husband's social media for his bands, and uh, you know if there's any appearances that haven't been postponed or, or things like that, throw them all out there for everybody. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Um, any conventions will be posted on my website, felissarose.com. And I'm always on social media. Instagram is felissarose123. Um, Twitter is felissa underscore rose. Facebook is felissarose esposito miller. And now I'm on TikTok which is Felissa Rose Sleepaway <laughs> Camp, where I just, in quarantine, decided to be a lunatic and make crazy videos with my kids. So, awesome. uh, But it's always fun, and I can't thank you enough for thinking of me and reaching out to me, and I greatly appreciate your time. Well, thank you for being here, and um, hopefully we can have you on again in the future to plug any up upcoming movies and releases and, and anything like that. Thank you so much. Stay well, be healthy, and we'll talk soon. We're about to meet the only guy to ever see Victor Crawley and live to tell about it. <laughs> They take us and a small camera crew and a host, and they fly us in the private network jet. Okay, I've told you a thousand times, I'm never going back to that swamp. They offered 600000 uh, Apologies, we uh, had a minor issue with our right engine. Would you like Exanix, Ambien, Valium, Oxy? I've got heavier stuff if you want.
All right, everybody. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. That was a lot of fun being a huge fan of Sleepaway Camp and Victor Crowley and just horror movies in general. So hopefully you guys were digging that as much as I was and you learned something new about Felissa Rose. If you get a chance to meet her, go out to some of these horror conventions and, and comic cons and things like that. Always willing to meet her fans and make sure you follow her on social media. And if you don't already, listen to CKY and 96 Bitter Beans on Nuclear Blast Records, same record label as Wednesday 13. Of course, we've had Troy on the show as well. So everything always kind of ties together here. But thank you for listening. I truly appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you next time. The presentation has been brought to you by The Gear Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.